You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. We've talked about this uh, in the past. We remember it was a couple of weekends ago when the Wagner Group, who was uh, a group of missionaries, or mercenaries rather, not missionaries, uh, mercenaries who uh, were part of Putin's uh, army and and, and just uh, horrific battles in Ukraine and such. Uh, Then the next thing you know, the group is marching to Moscow and there's chatter of a coup. Uh, and then all of a sudden an about face and everybody's taken off to Belarus and we don't know where everyone is. And now Putin says that uh, the Wagner Group simply does not exist as a legal entity in Russia. That doesn't sound like good news for anyone. Uh, let's bring in Arl Brown, Professor of International Relations, Senior Member of the Monk School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto. And of course, it would be good news for Ukraine. I, uh, I take that back. Arl, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well. Thank you. So what, give us a bit of an update here, because it appeared that uh, this group did not want to fight in Ukraine anymore uh, for, for I guess, uh, horrific reasons. Uh, so if they don't want to be a part of Ukraine, that's it. They're off to Belarus. Then they have to disband or join the Russian army. Is that what the options are here? We're not sure what the status is. And what we see Vladimir Putin is uh, trying to do is a kind of smokes smoke and mirrors approach, where what we see before our eyes, uh, we are told, is not the reality, and that uh, he is still in charge, everything is perfect, he handles things just the right way, there's no danger, there's nothing to see here, but the reality is far more complex than that. So if I may just take us back uh, a few steps, uh, in this mutiny that happened, it wasn't just that there was a direct military challenge, but it was significantly more than that because Prigozhin had access to a great deal of media and he got this out into the media and he said three crucial things. One was that this was a war. So it's not just some special military operation, but actually a war. And people can be sent to jail in Russia for calling this a war. Second, he said that there was no real threat from Ukraine. There was no danger uh, emanating from Ukraine. Therefore, the justification for the war was all false. And he claimed, precaution that Putin had been duped. And third, he said that the military leadership from the defense minister to the chief of staff, Gerasimov, they are utterly incompetent. And there are thousands of soldiers who are dying needlessly. So these are profoundly important statements. They are crucial. They are long-lasting. So to use this metaphor that was employed by Lenin, who said, if you're going to make an omelet, you have to break some eggs. Well, Prigozhin made an omelet. What Vladimir Putin is trying to do now is to reconstitute from that omelet eggs again. And it hasn't been done before. So are we to assume that this force has now either turned in their weaponry or joined the Russian military? There are mixed uh, reports. At one point, uh, the reports from Russia were telling us that thousands of tons of equipment from the Wagner Group, including hundreds of tanks, were transferred away from the Wagner Group to the Russian military. That would tend to indicate that this Wagner Group was decommissioned. At the same time, what Vladimir Putin said was that, well, I basically just want to get rid of Prigozhin but we could have the leader that you have been working under, the executive leader, so to speak, someone known as Gray Hair. The real name is Andrei 
Troshev, a former colonel in the Russian military, he could lead you, but it doesn't seem that uh, many in the Wagner would like to do that. A good deal of the Wagner group was supposed to transfer to Belarus, but we don't see much evidence of uh, the Wagner troops moving in any significant numbers to Belarus. Uh, Vladimir Putin said that legally the group does not exist, but at the same time he told us that the Russian government had invested $1 billion just in the past 12 months in this group. So he's trying to play it both ways. Legally, it doesn't exist, but substantively, it is a fighting force. But whether it is a fighting force that is still uh, uh, one that is effective, that is able to perform tasks, that is increasingly less likely. Are we to assume that everyone is in Belarus? No, we, we can't assume that. There's no evidence. Western intelligence sources tell yeah. us that a few may have gone, but most have not uh, gone there, that the camps that were set up by uh, Lukashenko, the dictator of Belarus, are largely empty. We were told recently by Lukashenko that some Wagner troops are training Belarusian troops. I don't know why they would need to be trained by Wagner forces, since Belarus say they are not at war. But this would be relatively small in number. So it would seem that there's a good deal of confusion. We know that key generals have disappeared in Russia, like General Surovikin, who was probably their most effective general, uh, who very skillfully handled the withdrawal uh, from Kherson uh, earlier uh, in the fall. And uh, we have not seen him for quite a while. We know that a uh, uh, lieutenant general, very senior, officer was dismissed because he criticized the leadership of the military. So there seems to be underneath the surface a great deal of confusion. But at the top, Vladimir Putin is telling us, all is well. It is perfect. I am perfect. I'm untouchable. I am winning. This is exactly according to plan. Well, let's see if he can make uh, an omelet into eggs again. Uh, do you think that uh, the leader of the Wagner group is still with us? Do you think he's he's dead? It's an excellent question. Uh, we don't know. It's like looking for Waldo. We haven't seen him mm. in public since possibly June 2nd. Uh, there was a voice recording a couple of times since then, but not in the past uh, week and a half. And so it is very, very hard to tell. In the past, Vladimir Putin had been extremely ruthless. Uh, anyone who challenged him, far less than what has happened here, uh, was basically killed, and often in horrific uh, conditions. Uh, we know that uh, they used polonium-210 to poison a former KGB uh, or the successor of the KGB uh, officer. But... It would be difficult for him to do it openly because he didn't do it right away. He agreed, Vladimir Putin, to amnesty. So he can't have it both ways. But um, in the case of uh, precaution, there is a campaign to publicly discredit him. On Russian television, they show the lavish mansion that he lived in, money that was found, even drugs, wigs for disguises. And the impression is being created that this man was incompetent, even though just some weeks before and months before, he was hailed as one of the great heroes, the victor at uh, Bakhmut. So there are these unresolvable contradictions that we are seeing, and they all tell us that the system is not working as 
Vladimir Putin would like, and that uh, the pressure that is being exerted, even though the counteroffensive is slow, is beginning to take a very heavy toll within Russia. You were talking about how the Wagner leader was getting media attention and brought up a few points as to where Russia was failing. Would that have ever that message have ever made it back to the Russian people? It did because uh, uh, Prigozhin had access to uh, media, mm. and uh, also it was the case that when he and his forces were marching towards Moscow, the mayor of Moscow called an emergency. Uh, invoked an emergency measure, and he was going to close down the city before the coup was called off. And this is the center of the empire, so to speak. So the 15 million people living or living in Moscow in the area were certainly aware that there was something very extraordinary happening. And we can't, or at least the Russian public, cannot unsee what they've seen to unhear what they heard. Hmm. R.L. Brown with us, Professor of International Relations, Senior Member of the Monk School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto with an update on what is happening with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Arl, as always, thank you so much for the time. Be well. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com.